Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? You are listening to The Big Cruise Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 116 of The Big Cruise Podcast. My name is Baz, I'm your host, and it was a great pleasure that we bring you yet another episode um, of the latest cruise news, maritime history, and of course, listener questions. Uh, first of all, a big thank you to Gary Stafford in uh, New South Wales. You sent some incredible pictures of Carnival Splendor being welcomed into Sydney Harbour. Thank you very, very much for them. You do a great job uh, keeping us up to date with what's happening on the harbour in Sydney, so I appreciate that, and I will include a couple of those images in the show notes of today's episode. Um, we also wanted to do a little throwback. Remember last week we gave the throwback to the episode with Captain Kate McHugh of Celebrity Cruises. This week we're turning back time to episode 25, and if you've ever wanted to learn a little bit more about European river cruising, in episode 25, we talked to Sue, who's a cruise director on board APT River Cruises and Travel Marvel River Cruises. Um, she's originally from the UK. She lives in Vienna, and she's got an incredible depth of knowledge about cruising between Amsterdam, Budapest, and Bucharest. So uh, if you're interested in river cruising, do take a look and uh, jump onto episode 25. The link to that one, of course, is in today's show notes. Um, we've got a great listener question coming up in just a moment, and we've also got cruise news with Chris. So I think the best thing we can do is to say, enjoy the show. Be sure to share the podcast on your favourite social media channels. And once again, it's great to welcome back our good friend and maritime historian, Chris Frame. Welcome back to the show, mate. Uh, hey, Bez. Nice to be back. Yes, it certainly is. And uh, once again, we've got a bumper edition of Cruise News to get through. But first of all, we had a listener question, Chris, which I did send through to you. Mm. Um, our listener and uh, has actually done a cruise review for us in the past. Brogan has said, uh, when did Princess Cruises start and was it all centered around the love boats? 
Ah, yes. So you did send me this one, and it's a great, um, it's a great question, particularly given that we've um, in Australia at the moment we've currently got um, the Coral Princess, and we're waiting for Majestic Princess to come as well. So, um, you know, lots of princess uh, sort of ships coming to our our part of the world. Mm. Um, so the company actually um, was established all the way back in the nineteen sixties. Um, and they originally formed, it was, you know, obviously like most new companies, it started off pretty small. Um, and they actually had a, a small fleet of chartered ships. Um, their first ever ship was um, a chartered vessel that they called Princess Pr- Patricia, oh. so of, all, of all names. <laughs> and um, she was fondly referred to as um, Princess Pat. So that was like a little bit of a... Um, a little bit of a you know play on her on her name there, um, and then um, they also had other ships that they brought they brought into their fleet um, in the nineteen late nineteen sixties and into the nineteen seventies. They they chartered other ships, including the Carla Sea, which was a fairly famous ship from uh, from Costa, mm-hmm. um, was one of their sort of um, more beloved ships at that time, and um, they they were actually. Um, named it chartered it i suppose under the name of princess carla so um you know started off from the very beginning with that princess um uh prefix on their mm-hmm. names then in the 1970s 1974 uh with as the brand was starting to to grow a little bit the P&O um company uh they saw this as an opportunity to get a foothold in the american market so they um, they had a fleet of ocean liners, P&O, and mm-hmm. have been trying to get cruising established with their UK-based fleet. But they, they purchased Princess, and um, with this, it allowed them to, to have that sort of presence in, in the US. Uh, but also, they invested, you know, P&O was pretty big at the time, uh, so they invested in the, in the brand. Um, and this is when we see ships like the Island Princess and the Pacific Princess join the fleet. They had previous lives. Um, uh, under um, under a different brand, those two ships, but those were the love mm-hmm. boats. So um, you know, Sea Sea Venture was the name of uh, Island Princess's original name, um, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Island Venture was the was the other one, which became um, Pacific Princess. So those were the the ships that were used in that famous love boat series, and um, kind of popularized the princess brand globally, but particularly in America, uh, it was a really smart move for them because it became sort of synonymous with the cruising experience. Um, in the eighties, the brand expanded even further. They actually, um, built their first, um, large scale cruise ship, which was the Royal princess. Um, Mm -hmm. and it was built with a, a very high, um, outside, um, and balcony cabin ratio, so it stood out um, among uh, among the ships at the time, and yeah. it actually had no interior cabins. So all of the cabins on the ship were either picture picture windows, portholes, or, um, or or balconies. So for for that time in the eighties, that was quite a quite a dramatic step forward. And that ship itself was actually um, christened by Princess Diana. So with that came you know even further. Mm. Um, uh, recognition of princess, but not just in America, but like throughout um, Britain and throughout the Commonwealth because of that link there. So yeah, we see we see this brand. I think we've spoken about before with the, with the Australian connection, but princess was part of um, 
part of P&O, uh, one of their brands, and, and when P&O acquired Sitma, a number of the Sitma new builds went across to Princess. So they were able to expand with, with um, Regal Princess and Crown Princess um, and Star Princess, which were all ships that were intended for uh, Sitma. Um, and then, of course, um, throughout the late 90s, uh, we, we see the brand becoming sort of fairly well-established with the Grand Class being introduced in 1998. Um, and prior to that, there was a sun class. So you're seeing these sort of large yep, yep. 70 to 100,000 ton ships. And then in 2000 through to 2003, they started to have negotiations with, um, uh, with Carnival Corporation about, about a potential merger. And that, of course, came together um, in, in 2003. So they, P&O had actually um, moved the cruising brand out of the P&O steam navigation <laughs> company and made it into its own company in two, 2000. And then by 2003, there was that that um, that merger with uh, with Carnival Corp, and they became sort of a brand of the Carnival Corporation fleet. But you know, with it, you know, that was a P and O Cruises, that was uh, P and O Cruises Australia, that was Princess, um, and some of the smaller brands that they had as well, including um, yep. Ocean Village and um, Aida. So yep. you know, they were all part of that P and O. Um, cruising family and now now part of Carnival Corporation. So the brand has a long a long history, several different ownership structures. Um, but you know, since that very very beginning, they they were quite clear on their brand identity, um, and and have had that like long tradition of having the the princess ships um, and that connection with the love boat, which I know that they're re engaging with now. Yeah, of course, because the uh, the real love boat is set to air in North America and in Australia. Um, I think it's next week, actually. Um, mm. And uh, we've actually got two different cruise directors on the different versions. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Below Deck, the the yacht TV series. So the, one of the chief stewardesses on there, an Australian called Anna, she will be the uh, the cruise director um, for the for the Lovebirds on the Australian version. Um, and on the US version, it's actually a former Carnival cruise director, Matt Mitchum, very famous. Lots of people will know him. Mm. Um, he's hosting that particular uh, series over there. So it'll be interesting to see the. Uh, this real love boat's going to expose Princess to a whole new market that probably never yeah. even thought of a, a Princess cruise before. So it's exciting and, times. And, and here, there's there's about to be a circumnavigation voyage done as well, isn't there? Mm-hmm. That is, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, touching on, um... every single uh, state and all the regional ports around Australia, and uh, it will actually be heading our way not too not too long. Yeah, I know, and that's that's what um sort of I guess I was touching on before is that whilst it was originally intended to be. You know, capitalizing on that U.S. market, the the um, expansion from the '80s into the 2000s of those of those ships getting larger and larger, and then allowing the brand to sort of operate in different different regions, mm-hmm. uh, means that I think Princess is pretty pretty much like some of the other the other big brands in terms of its global footprint is well secured. So it's known in most most parts of the world now. Oh, absolutely, and I would say it's probably one of the uh... One of the the most popular cruise lines down here in Australia, because of course they generally had the the year round fleets uh, where most cruise lines would come and go for their seasonal deployments. Yeah, I mean we had the Sun class um, ships here quite a lot before um, yep. the pandemic, and also some um, some visits from some of the Grand class, which, uh, funnily enough, are the ones that have ended up um, with P and O Australia now as part of that yep. reorganisation. But with the Sun class retirement um, throughout the pandemic, um, we've now got bigger um, and newer. Uh, princess ships in, in the Australian market, at least with uh, with Coral Princess, uh, quite a different design. So that's um, exciting for Australians. It certainly is. Um, let's take a very quick break, Chris, and then we'll be back with more cruise news. And we're starting off with some cruise news close to home here. Sounds good. 
Hello, it's me again. Just wanted to thank those of you that have supported us via Buy Me A Coffee. Um, if you're not familiar with that uh, system, it's a little bit like Patreon, where you can support your favourite YouTuber or artist. Um, we use Buy Me A Coffee, which is basically because we love coffee. Um, and in a nutshell, you can donate the cost of a coffee, about four Australian dollars, or multiple coffees if you prefer. Um, and in return, you receive priority access to all of the podcasts. So it doesn't matter where you listen to your podcast. If you support us via Buy Me A Coffee, you will receive an email every week um, just saying the new podcast is live and available. Here's the link, or listen to it in your favourite podcast. And uh, it gets to you about... 12 to 24 hours before anybody else gets access to it so it's a, a great little bonus there and uh, once again it's about four Aussie dollars um, one coffee multiple coffees you decide but every little donation is greatly appreciated and just a reminder you can find the link uh, to buy me a coffee in the show notes on the website and uh, also via the buy me a coffee app thanks in advance Okay, Chris, as we hinted at uh, some local news here for the, the cruise industry, and um, that Carnival Splendor has been escorted home to Sydney. How did it all pan out, Chris? Oh, well, it's a pretty special event. And if anyone's interested in seeing some imagery of what we're talking about, I have just uploaded a video about it on my YouTube channel as well. Yeah, it looks but, great. Oh, yeah, it does, doesn't it? I wish I, I wish I could have made the, the, the trek up to Sydney to, to, to witness it in person. Just didn't, didn't work out this time around. But... Um, I mean, it must have been quite a quite a spectacular thing to see because not only was Carnival Splendor uh, returning to Australia for the first time since the pandemic and fulfilling a promise that was made back in 2020 because as the ship mm-hmm. sailed out of Sydney, it had "We will be back" in lights on the side of it in honor of the you know commitment that was made to the crew that they would return to the ship. You know, you can come back to to Australia um, when the pandemic uh, you know gets to a phase where cruising could resume. Um, so they 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 fulfilled that promise, but also were the ship was escorted in by um, Pacific Adventure, which is the newest P and O Australia uh, ship that um, that's been operating now in the Australian market. So you've got a hundred nine thousand ton Pacific Adventure escorting in the hundred thirteen thousand ton Carnival Splendor, <laughs> and they both paused over for a moment near um, Fort Denison. Yeah. Uh, in the harbour there, and uh, I think uh, there must have been a lot of people taking pictures because from some of the aerial shots, you can see crowds on the shores. I mean, it's really exciting to see. Yeah, no, it is, and uh, and fitting that PNO Australia did uh, bring a welcomer back in, uh, being the, the sister brand, of course. Um, Carnival Corporation, Carnival Australia, have said that eighteen ships from Carnival um, will be uh, set to uh, touch on Australia with sixty-six-seven turnarounds. And ports are called to 33 destinations across the country. Um, so incredible stats there. For those of you around Australia, we've got ships visiting uh, Sydney, Eden and Newcastle in New South Wales, Brisbane, mm. Morton Island, Airlie Beach and Cairns in Queensland, Melbourne and Phillip Island in Victoria. Over in South Australia, we've got Adelaide, Kangaroo Island and Port Lincoln. In good old WA, we've got Fremantle, Albany, Broome and the whole Kimberley region. And of course, not forgetting Tasmania, which regularly welcomes ships into Hobart, Burnie and Port Arthur. Very exciting. Mm. And it's interesting to see like the, re- the resumption of cruising to, um, not just in Australia, but globally as well, to some of the smaller regional ports as well. So like when for listeners who are international, ports like uh, Eden, Albany, uh, Broome, uh, you know, Phillip Island, Port Arthur, they're not major cities, they're smaller um, yep. uh, cities or, or, or regional towns. And when the cruise ships come to those areas, it gives such a huge sort of impact in terms of um, 
you know, the travel industry and the ability for, for local uh, businesses to, to sell to passengers as well. So it's a, it's a great thing to see. It is, it is. I always say if every passenger just brought a coffee in the town that they were visiting, it makes a significant uh, impact on the economy of that particular region. Now, we're sticking with Carnival, but moving over into the, the US fleet, they've announced the godmother of uh, the new ship Carnival Celebration. Yes, so uh, Cassidy Gifford is the is the godmother of the mm. new celebration, and her mother, um, Kathy Lee Gifford, uh, yeah. who, who some of our listeners may remember from the from the Carnival Cruise Line ads back in the day, yeah. um, she was the original Carnival Celebration um, godmother, or the, well, she was christened the Celebration um, all the way back in the in the eighties. So. Um, Kathy Lee actually um, surprised her daughter with the news that she'd be the god- she'd been asked to be the godmother of the new ship, uh, and of course the new um, Carnival Celebration is a significantly different ship to her namesake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the first Celebration was one of the one of the earlier um, new builds for Carnival, um, something in the forty five thousand ton um, range, and uh, you know a loved and popular ship. But um, the new celebration is one of their new uh, mega mega cruise ships, the LNG powered one, very similar in design and style to to Mardi Gras. Excellent. Um, I can't remember what the catchphrase was, but I remember the mother. Um, she was kind of almost a brand ambassador, more than a godmother for for a long, long time. She mm. did a lot of TV commercials and things for for Carnival, and I can't think of the tagline. So, if any of our North America listeners are listening, uh, do let us know via the website what what that tagline used to be when uh, she had those uh, very famous commercials back in the, I think it was the the eighties. And early you can 90s. actually find the commercials on YouTube. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's um. I'll I'll let the listen. I know the tagline, but I'll let the listeners see see if we can get someone right in first, and then we'll confirm it next week. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, some great news now out of Cunard, Chris. Uh, they've announced that the uh, the famous book and, uh, of course, now movie, The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, will be on board Queen Mary 2. Yes, but it's actually a, um, a performance uh, rather than, uh, rather than uh, a book. Um, and um, it'll be making its debut on Queen Mary 2 on the voyage between the 15th and the 22nd of December. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is uh, a show that's currently um, being uh, shown at London's Richmond Theatre and will be um, going to see, which is quite exciting, and being shown in the Royal Court Theatre, which is the Queen Mary 2's uh, main production lounge. Yeah, and interesting. They've got uh, three matinee and three evening performances across the the, the seven night cruise there. So plenty of opportunity for all of the guests to to be able to see that one. And if you haven't booked already and you need the voyage code, you're looking at voyage M two four zero, which departs on the fifteenth of December. Absolutely exciting. Heading over to MSC next, Chris, they've showcased a whole heap of new productions and immersive experiences on their new ship, which is of course the MSC Seascape. Yeah, they're calling them six fantastical new uh, productions, um, and it's been designed for the ship's, uh, you know, the, the special theatre on board the ship. Um, and so there's um, one called Imagine Ocean, which is a bit of a um, <laughs> play on imagination and ocean, I think. Um, and then there's Dreamscape, In Concert, Premiere, Shall We Dance, and Love Blooms. And basically each one of these is a, is a different um, uh, production, that goes from you know ocean themed um, uh, acts and, and acrobats through to um, circus performances that are sort of designed to make you feel like you're in a dream world, um, mm. 
concert styles, premieres with um, with new um, singing and dancing. There's of course the dancing um, offering there with a variety of styles, including Latin, Borum, contemporary, and then with um, the final one, Love Blooms. This is um, larger than life costumes and that are kind of inspired by gardens with, and flowers and that sort of thing. So it does sound um, it does sound interesting about it. It certainly does. And they've also got a new uh, concept, the Cabaret Rouge, which is kind of inspired by the, the 1920s French cabaret lounges um, and uh, all sorts of singing, dancing, aerial artists, contortionists and more, uh, bringing back the, the roaring 20s back to life on board this particular ship as well. Mm. Also staying with MSC, they've also announced that they're going to extend their MSC Voyager club cards until December 2023. Yeah, so this will see people being able to um, uh, get extra benefits uh, on sailings from the 1st of November this year through to um, the 28th of February uh, next year. And it's um, some of the benefits include over 700 extra points credited to their uh, account before their departure and, of course, the 5% discount um, that, that is available for membership holders as well. Um, I don't know too much about the Voyager Club, uh, though, Baz. Do you, do you know much about um, about its sort of benefit to passengers? Other than the loyalty um, of getting the the, um, the instant discounts and then some extra amenities throughout the cruise, depending on the, the level. But I know mm. that they do have a very, very good um, system where they will match other cruise lines and other hotel partners uh, loyalty program so that you can get a similar status Ooh, or a status first match. time with MSC. Yeah, yeah. So uh, nice. always worth considering if you want to consider an MSC cruise for the first time. Just to get your uh, loyalty yeah. card and see what you can get more for. Sometime, sometime back, I seem to recall that they were even status matching airlines, but perhaps that's um, oh maybe that was pre-pandemic, so it might not be uh, okay. relevant anymore. But that is exciting. It certainly is. Um, even more exciting, Silver Sea have revealed the enriching lineup of experts on their inaugural sailing of the new Silver Endeavour. Yeah, so this one here has got, um, you know, it's it's a unique uh, ship that's going to be operating some very um, special voyages, Baz, into the White Continent. Of course, that's uh, what they're referring to Antarctica as with all the <laughs> ice and snow there. Um, and with those come a number of, you know, unique, uh, sh- experiences for passengers led by some of the, um, some of the industry leaders in terms of knowledge around that particular continent. Yeah. So with Silver Sea and particularly with Silver Endeavour, they have something called the Antarctica Bridge where you can avoid fl- uh, sailing over the Drake Passage and actually fly and meet the ship um, mm. a little later in its itinerary. So that's a nice little luxurious touch there. Uh, we've also got some great expedition leaders. And, and of course, this is all backed up um, with the uh, the head of Silver Sea's expeditions, which is Conrad Cumbrink. Um, he's going to be on board and he's going to bring to life with his expedition team, including uh, expedition leader Mariek Egan, um, the whole activities and uh, mm. enrichment on board. But they're also bringing in uh, a guest lecturer who's going to be giving uh, information and updates on Ernest Shackleton and the HMS Endeavour. And mm. that's from Nicholas Crane, who was a former president of the Royal Geographical Society. And of course, let's not forget, we've got Captain Nicholas Petterstam, who um, is at the helm of the Silver Endeavour. And we're sure that uh, the guests have an incredible time as they discover, the, of course, the white continent, as you touched on there, Chris. Yeah, Barry, it sounds great. I would always love the idea of um, of, of heading to Antarctica and and seeing the, the the continent from the sea. I think that would be quite a special experience. So um, I understand the reason why you might want to avoid that passage because, of course, it's um, 
it's you know very well known for how rough the seas are, <laughs> but there would be something about arriving to that part of the world by by ship and just seeing that that continent sort of appearing um, over the horizon would be pretty special. Yeah, I think um, you can get either or. You can have it where it's like a mill pond and there is actually no movement. And then often um, guests complain that they they wanted to experience the 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 tax mm. or the the adventure of getting to Antarctica. So um, yeah, if you if you are uh, put off by it, then uh, the the bridge there is an option with Silver Sea. Um, but I do mm. think it's part of the adventure of uh, discovering Antarctica and, and taking the risk, whether it's a uh, uh, a mill pond or whether you get that little bit of action and adventure as you discover the, the great white continents next up chris we're staying with expedition and this time we're talking viking and of course they have just taken delivery of their second expedition ship viking polaris yes uh, it's um been built at uh Fincantieri's shipyard um mm-hmm. in in norway actually so they've they've um They've breached, uh, broken out from just being an Italian shipbuilder, as, we, as we've touched on before, and they're mm. building ships uh, all across Europe. Um, and it's, uh, you know, these expedition ships, they, they have the Polar-class um, hull. Um, they, they carry um, about 378 guests. There's about 189 cabins on board, staterooms on board. And they do have some really interesting um, aspects that make that expedition voyage uh, more sort of even more enjoyable. So they've got um, sort of a panoramic auditorium uh, and takes its inspiration from the University of Oslo's uh, famed ceremonial hall. Um, mm. They've got uh, 4K laser projection screens on there, so they can do that sort of um, that, that that briefings and and um, education from that space. And there's a 270 degree views from from large windows, so it's a very interesting space. Um, They've also got a, um, they call it the hangar. So mm-hmm. it's a, a marina, but it provides a, um, easy embarkation and disembarkation to um, special boats that can take you further into the ship. It's sort of a step up from Zodiacs, I think. Um, they've got a viewing platform on the bow, um, <laughs> which has a sheltered area on it and allows people to have a nice hot drink um, as the ship's going into um, colder areas. There's a science lab on board. Um, and then, of course, the, the the more creature comfort sort of elements, including multiple dining opportunities, a, a Nordic spa, um, and of course, um, lots of places to to lounge and luxuriate and watch the um, watch the scenery. Yeah, no, she's a beautiful ship, and uh, we actually had a review of the the first uh, Viking expedition vessel back in episode one hundred and eight. So if you if you want to learn a little bit more about that particular uh, class of ship with Viking, then uh, head over to episode one hundred and eight and listen to what Kabir has to say. He also has a great video, which the link is in the, the show notes for that one as well. So mm. uh, take a look and uh, learn more about Viking. And uh, last, we're finishing up back on the rivers, Chris. We're talking the rivers of Europe this time with Erosa, and they're taking their new smart ship one step further with the new app that they're using yeah so like we've seen this real um sort of growth in the development of apps um particularly throughout the the shutdown period and lots of cruise lines have introduced them um so this one here is what they're saying is um helping the the river cruisers get smart (laughs) um (laughs) with their with their new app um you know it's uh, a way to to interact with the the ship and the embarkation process and the booking process without having to having to queue up or, or, or make face-to-face sort of contact. Um, there, there's a use of um, all sorts of uh, technology, such as QR codes uh, that can be scanned whilst on board the ship to see you know, various pieces of information, as well as being used in the, um, 
in, in the restaurants on board the ship um, and to order drinks and that sort of thing. So, you know, the, the cruising experience has changed a little bit. I think we've touched on before mm. across the, many of the, the fleets, there's less queuing, there's, um, you know, changes to boat drill, and then the apps are also one of the ways that um, cruise lines are making it a little bit simpler for people to, to engage with uh, the products during their voyage. Absolutely. So well done to Erosa on that one and every other cruise line that's embracing all this great new technology that's available to them as well. Um, Chris, we've touched on the video that you already put out this week around um, uh, Carnival arriving back into to Australia, of course. Um, we did touch on um, the fact that you are going to be guest lecturing on board Cunard in the not-too-distant future. So if anybody wants to hear all of your expertise on Cunard, you'll be uh, on the, the sailing across from Fremantle to Sydney, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, to Melbourne, yes. Awesome. So if there's any cabins available, I'm sure people will be jumping on to, to learn more about your uh, maritime history uh, that you can share there. Oh, and before I forget, Chris, I set you a challenge last week. Um, that was all around Virgin Voyages and the, the wearable device and how much plastic they salvaged from the ocean. Did you have any luck? Could you recall what uh, what they were saving for us? Yeah, so actually, funnily enough, I have actually been reading up about the, as I mentioned last week, the environmental aspects of... Um, of Virgin Voyages, um, so the these are the bands that are used instead of what, like in replacement of the traditional cruise cards. So they yeah, use exactly for, um, uh, for your for your meal uh, for your meals and bookings and, and access to the cabins and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So they're they're made from um, re recycled marine plastic wastes um, that's been retrieved from the oceans. Um, around, each one is about um, six grams of um, plastic. For the actual mm-hmm. band, um, so that means that uh, over the next five years, with the people sailing on just Scarlet Lady, um, so the one ship, the one ship, um, so f- so far, um, they they projecting two point two million pounds uh, of um, plastic. So that's um, what that about um, nine hundred ninety seven thousand kilograms, something yeah. like that, um, and. Um, that's over the next five years, and that's as I said, just one ship alone. So, given that the fleet is uh, is expanding, it just gives you an idea as to how much um, plastic's being sort of re recycled from um, that's being retrieved from the ocean. And these one these little uh, wearables, of course, are something that you can keep afterwards uh, as a as a keepsake and as a momentum for the voyage as well. So, um, that's that's great, and certainly helps not to add more plastic with. Um, uh, you know, freshly made plastic cruise cards. This is a, a good way to, to give back, I think. Um, I've got another challenge for you around Virgin, just sprang oh, no. into my mind as you were saying that. <laughs> um, so for this week, I want you to find out a little bit about the hammocks that they have on board their sea terraces, which we would refer to as balconies. See what you can find out about those hammocks. Well, I know that, um, you know, when you see the um, some of the, the pictures of the people lying lying there on their balconies in their hammocks with the ocean behind, it looks very relaxing. So let's figure <laughs> out, let's find out what else we can we can discover about these hammocks. Okay. I'm liking these challenges. Ooh, might be a I'm new segment. Say you one next week. <laughs> okay, yeah, you can do. Yeah, I'll, give you a his- I'll give you a history one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what, you've got one to give me now or are you going to tell me next week? No, I think of a hard one, yeah. Okay. Everything's too week. easy now because we've been talking about it. I'll give you something like, um, what was Princess's first ship? <laughs> no, think of one for next week and then you, we can weave it in. That sounds good. All right, sounds good. All right, mate, thanks for that. We will talk again same time next week. All right, take care. 
that's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Until next time, bon voyage. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.